Hello and welcome to You Set the Tone, the podcast that takes an x-ray to the medical drama show ER. We examine the show with surgical precision and celebrate the high pressure and beating hearts of the show. My name is Ed. I'm Sean. And I'm Sharon. Yay! Yay. We all made it. Yay! Uh, We're here. How are we all doing? Alright. Good, yeah, good. Thank you very much. Good. Good. How how, how are you, oh glorious host of ours? <laughs> uh, Lane, I'm a bit thick tonight. Sean, what do you want? Um, <laughs> I'm absolutely fine. I'm glad the sun is shining, and uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm with you guys. And Sharon has made the trip. Is, is recording all the way from uh, Philadelphia. I am. As <laughs> her background, dear listeners, is the Four Seasons Garden Shop. Yeah. Uh, you might know that one because it's the one adjacent to the uh, Sex Mag Shop. Yeah. Yeah, which is where uh, I was supposed to be, co- you know, podcasting from, but Trump is actually in there podcasting today, so I'm here, and yeah. we'll swap it out. Spouting more lies. Uh, he is, not you. Not me, well. well that's because uh, we haven't started yet. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Give, give her a minute, some warm-up. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah so yeah. We've, there's a couple of little bits of news before we dive into season three, episode yeah. one, Dr. Carter, I presume. So number one, the result of the Twitter poll, uh, what we run... And your favourite character from season two, drum roll someone who can drum. (laughs) That was absolutely dog shit, guys. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Dr. Susan Lewis. I mean... If Carter was going to lose, I'm, it, that's the only person I would find acceptable for him to lose to. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah I'm on board with this. it's not just because I, for, I forgot to add Carter into the first poll. I mean, I'm still not really talking to you after that. <laughs> we are talking through an intermediary. Um, you just, we we just edit him out afterwards. Yeah. And when he says, exactly. Sharon says, uh, and yeah. Ed says, yeah. It um, was at this moment that Ed realised he had messed up. Uh, and the second bit of news uh, which I sort of missed because I was busy at work and like you two was that it's going to be an ER reunion (laughs) an ER reunion helmed by the glorious uh, Gloria Rubin delighted delighted about this the organisers of this one um, whose name escapes me really quickly so while this is furiously googled um, they have hosted a few of these get togethers through lockdown uh, oh, yeah, they course, did yeah. the Star Trek Voyager get together there a couple of months ago. I mean, it's as it's great. It's exactly it sounds. It's a bunch of Zoom windows talking together, as is everything these days. Yeah. Uh, but it's just really, it's really good fun. So I'm really looking forward now. I have to say to to seeing this. Yes, it's, uh, same here, same here. In support of Waterkeeper Alliance, which is um, the charity that Glory Rubin is patron of. Yeah. Um, so I'm um, just so many people are involved, but as somebody pointed out, um, Maura Tierney isn't involved. So, no. mm, and also um, the one who plays that one. <laughs> that oh my down. god! Oh, Romano? Kelly Martin. Kelly Martin. Oh, Kelly Martin. Kelly Martin. Kelly yeah. Martin. Oh, that's that's interesting because I know she. I don't think. Sorry, I realize we'll get to the episode in a minute. I don't think she was ever anti the show i knew she left because of personal reasons but i don't think she was ever anti i know she had a hard time on the show and ed i'm just going to whisper this one to you because (laughs) of noah wiley yeah Yeah. that's what i heard as well let's not mention it to sharon you better not because it's lies 
he's apologized. He's, I think he's very much didn't want to say yes. that he, he realized he gave her a hard time. And yeah, he, he has. Yeah. And actually they sometimes comment on each other's Instagram. So I think they're oh, friends. Uh, I'm just going to say it's with the uh, stars in the house. I think that's the, that's um, thank you. the cool. people that are doing the, who, as you say, have done a few and it kind of, it ben- it's benefiting the water, the Waterkeeper Alliance. And I think it's also benefiting um, the actors fund um, mm. as well. Oh. So that's it's great. Of, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So they people, can watch. Yeah. A few people said who was Hicks when, um, oh, when I saw Kelly that Martin, and I wanted I to. Like, My bitch. God. Uh, actually, I'll tell you what, Ed, really quickly. Have you the list of the people who are involved there? Uh, yes. So, uh, Gloria Ubin, Jeannie Boulay, George Clooney, Noah Wyle, Laura Inns, Anthony Edwards, Alex Kingston, Juliana Margulies, Goran Viznich. Oh, Paul McCrane, yay! Uh, Ming Na Wen, Laura um, Saron, Chuni, uh, Yvette Freeman, Connie Marie Brazelton, and CCH Pounder. Brilliant! That is Excellent. such a fantastic lineup. Yes, brilliant lineup. Um, brilliant lineup. And I'm, I'm sure, like in fairness, there's probably reasons that people. I mean, for one thing, you could never get everybody from ER on it exactly. because I don't think you can have that many interviewees <laughs> on Zoom in any one yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, like. Yeah, it would make it worse because it'd be there'd be too many. It. Yeah, yeah. Do you know I what actually is it. funny? Just uh, do you remember when? Speaking of talking over, sorry, I'm very guilty of that <laughs> as I just continue talking anyway. I, oh, I do all the time because we all do be, it. You know, more I'm I more important. More important. Yeah, exactly. No, I I say more important. Me. Sorry, Sean, go on. I was going to, oh, I'm going to talk about ER. Um, <laughs> oh, so okay. the, what? the retrospective that they made for the final season. Yeah. It was so close to perfect. Only George Clooney wasn't involved in that one. Now, I don't yeah. know why. I would imagine it's because he was busy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he always, because he was in the last season. So I don't yeah. think he's ever been like, mm, no, not that silly little show. I mean, like, he's always been, again, quite pro ER. Yeah. So I'd say it was just yeah. availability. Um, do you know what the, the only name I'm like, oh, is there no Eric LaSalle? Oh. Eric LaSalle. Again, maybe busy. I'd, it, I'd say it has to be because like that. Sure, as we know from the lovely Eric LaSalle commenting on our Instagram post, he's still <laughs> obviously, not, he's not anti the show in any way. Actually, that's something I don't think I've ever really heard anyone say they didn't enjoy their time on ER. Like properly, oh God, I didn't like that show. I don't think I've ever heard that. Now I'm see, Ed, do you have a name? The actor who played Wendy um, had a... Tough time oh, and alleged, right, alleged right. things about George Clooney. Vanessa Marquez, yeah. Thank she you, Vanessa said, Marquez, yeah. Sorry, he said that he'd right. blackballed her from Hollywood and Yeah. And and it's almost and it's insubstantiated, and I'm very much a trying to believe people, but yeah. we also have to kind of weigh on the fact that we've had so many other stories about George being a really great guy and and being a friend to everybody and she also had mental illness and I'm not saying that that would cause him to do that and if he did do something that's terrible but I'm just putting facts out there yeah you're you're right it's that's a tough one you're you're dead right because unfortunately unless George Clooney reveals something that nobody ever knew before I don't think we'll ever know no you're right Um, Unfortunately, she's sadly passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So as I said, almost (laughs) nobody has had a bad time on ER. Ninety-nine. I I was once assigned. uh, I I was once assigned a list of 
uh, 10 people who regretted their time. I couldn't, I could not make a list out of it. I just couldn't. No. Uh, no. Which is a good complaint. Yeah. yeah. And actually there were people who were like, you know, dying to be on it. I remember listening to a podcast about one of my, uh, and they were interviewing somebody from Gilmore Girls who was like huge in Gilmore Girls. And they basically said to him, they tried to put him in another pilot and it hadn't worked. So they said to him, look, we've got this contract with you. These are the different shows we have. What would you like to be on? And he said, ER, like straight away. He was like, I want to be on ER. And they said, okay, great. We're going to put you on ER. But then he got called back into Gilmore Girls and got called back uh. into some other stuff. And he never actually ended up on ER. And I think he would have been great. And it's, um, um, why has his name gone out of my head? Because I'm tired. That's why. The guy who played Jess, come on, Milo Ventimiglia. Oh, Milo Ventimiglia. Thank you. Oh, yes, so he was actually. This offered. is us, ride or die. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Jack Him. is just like the best. <laughs> is he? I'm oh yeah, all oh, this so. is us is brilliant. Yeah, I mean, they did have um, Jared Padalecki, who was in Gilmore Girls. Yeah. He was in an episode of ER. So it was Wall. Paris. <laughs> Paris is comes. She's uh, married oh. to um, Paul Sabrucky. Yeah, yeah. David Crumholtz and um, Kelly Martin. Keiko again is in there as well. <laughs> Um, right, it, should we talk about ER? Come yeah, on, let's talk about the episode. Yes, yes. So, cool. Season three, episode one, we are in it. De- Dr. Carter, I presume, which is literally uttered in the line in, in the script of the show, which is awesome. Mm. Um, I love so when they do that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like it's the, that family guy thing. Oh, he yeah. said it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we start with the time and date stamp, and there's Carter sprucing himself in locker. And he's claimed his locker with a bit of masking tape and a, a sharpie, yeah, which is so professional. So mm-hmm. professional. But Weaver's done the same thing on the next next one yeah. along. That's, I think that's it's, how it's you very do telling it. that hers is in red as well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> no, right. <laughs> is that some of her hair, or she's a scarlet woman, or what is it? Why not both? Or... <laughs> all, all of the above. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like this. There's this little moment of peace. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's gathering himself and yeah. getting ready to face the day. Then he goes out, and it's the usual chaos in the halls yeah. of County General. Nothing's um, changed. <laughs> yeah, Halle is giving a gunshot victim some real sass. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what you, you won't before? be like. We're not going to make sure you feel good emotionally, but we will <laughs> yeah. fix your body. Yeah. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah. I mean, and I actually. He'll get out of it all, but he'll get out of yeah, the gun yeah. thing because he'll be like, I don't want to get shot again because I can't yeah. face Hale. It's nothing else. It's just Hale. He's got me out of this. They're, they're treating street. They're not there to, you know, hold your hand. Mm. You know, it's true. It's true. Get a grip. You just had a gun shot. And it must on. be so difficult when you're working in such a busy environment with people yeah. who really need help. And then somebody who's part of kind of a violent world and in that kind of keep people keep coming in with that. And you just think this is, this is preventable. You don't have yeah, to yeah. physically, you know, there are ways, but, you know. That's, I'm just thinking. No, it's definitely, I get it. Um, and then he walks past, it just feels like a classic ER moment. There's a guy stood there looking a little bit dazed and it's the camera calls past. He's got, a, I think it's a screwdriver just <laughs> stuck in his skull. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like stood there looking dazed. I was like, yeah. standard day, county general. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if I took a screwdriver to the skull, I would expect hope. In fact, to look a bit dazed. You wouldn't want yeah. him going, hey, I, I feel pretty good right now. <laughs> John like a s- Saturday night fever <laughs> struck down the road with various <laughs> tools stuck <laughs> in your head. <laughs> Wearing flares, because you've got a screwdriver stuck in your head, so you thought flares were a good idea. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we also noticed that Carol, despite the fact she quit in a, you know, a dramatic moment at the end of last no, season, no. oh, she's back at work. 
have to say this is one thing that I do really hate with t when TV shows do this where they make something really dramatic happen in the final and then when you come back all of a sudden the problem has just been solved and they're just back and you just I don't know it feels really cheap and it feels like you're cheating the audience a bit because you've got to look at this dramatic thing but actually we're just erase that dramatic thing and it's like come on give us something more than that you've you made a walk out yeah I, i'm going to paraphrase the great kathy bates for a moment oh. um do you remember those chapter plays that used to play in the cinema and every single week would end on a cliffhanger and there was one week where carol had quit her job and, then, <laughs> and i was really worried and i was like oh no what's going to happen so you better believe i was first in line next week when the episode started because i needed to see how carol got her job back and then she was just standing there and she was working and everybody got up and cheered <laughs> but i didn't cheer no i stood right up there in the cinema and i went carol isn't supposed to be working here she got out of the cockadoody er <laughs> I agree. I'm with you 100%. I need to rewatch Misery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for getting that reference. Otherwise, that was the strangest couple of minutes. Well, you said Kathy Bates, and then you got to the end with the cock a doodie bit, and I was like, yes, definitely. Because I just think about the French and Saunders uh, parody, <laughs> Not, which is the film so good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, oh, yeah I thought about the film, but also that comes into my head at the same time because those parodies were, especially the um, Science Labs. Anyway. Yeah. Also, another person back is Dale. Boo. I just don't like the guy. No, and the Hello, way he my takes name is Dale, and I'm probably registered somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way within two seconds he's already kind of gone, oh, yes, I've, I did this really exciting and scary internship somewhere else, and now I'm here. And, and then completely takes over by, you know, introducing everybody and being like, this is Carter, as if, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Carter's going to be the one who knows everything. It's like, then why are you speaking? Like, mm. let him. He's he's just like a walking erection. Do you know he's that kind of that kind of guy who has to yeah. tell you yes. exactly who he is and what he's about and how great he is and take control. And you just think, oh, calm he's, down, love. He's yeah. what what could happen to you if you become a surgeon and you're just completely unchecked, isn't he? And he's yeah. also he's quite he's quite he's got a flavour of the chef in him, you know, just like <laughs> brash and a bit, you know, annoying and yeah, yeah. he's a bit there. Of God's gift. Yeah, a bit of God's <laughs> gift, exactly. Have we found a new baddie for the season already? Is it Dale? <laughs> oh, that's that's a that's a good question. Now I'll have to I'll have to watch on now because um, yeah. I know Ed. Now you would do like ten episodes a night. I have been watching it slowly enough, so I've I've only seen episode two yet. So there's other there's other candidates there's other candidates though yeah. for filming the season. Um, uh, particularly in Jeannie's storyline, there's a few candidates. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, um, unfortunately. Yeah. So we mentioned Dale uh, it suddenly become cock of the walk, to you know, pardon the pun, or mm. not, pun intended. Um, pun intended. Pun intended. And, uh, and so he introduced, including a lovely chap called Gant, who yeah, I Dr. hope we Gant. see more of. Because he's <laughs> Sean. Sean's I like got Omar Epps trembling. a lot. Nothing better happened to yeah. him. He's yeah, he's so sweet um, in this episode. He uh, really, so really nice. is, isn't he? I just 
he's just already you can see kind of the friendship between him and Carter's gonna yeah. is gonna develop definitely and yeah. and you know it, as we said he he's one of our everyone's been in ER he's yeah. Omar Epps who you may know from Scream 2 from This Is Us but also House and I love that he went on to House because yeah. to me it's like he lived on and carried on being a doctor somewhere you know like he his training was for nothing. Yeah. It wasn't for nothing, you know? He ended up being in charge at the end of House. Sorry if you've, if you've not watched House. Oh, lovely. I have not watched House, but that is, I'm, I'm delighted. I have watched bits this, of House. Never really, it I just didn't grab me in any way. watched it once all the way through, and I've, I started a bit of a rewatch, I think. Yeah, I did start rewatching. got to a sort of certain point, it was a bit, meh. Um, there's a suicide in one of the episodes, which is a bit, it's a bit hard going. Oh. And then I've sort of found out stuff afterwards about House that, like, a lot of the diagnoses makes aren't actually that groundbreaking. They're like, yeah, we've worked it out really quickly. And also the way he treats like nurses and doctors, like the nurses would roast him, they would kill him, like he would not get away with that. And it kind of as, as we learn in ER, I don't as we learn in ER. Yeah. Oh, what an excellent segue! Thank you. Thank you. But um, just on House, I think for me, there's it's two things. One, I could never get past Hugh Laurie's accent. I can't help it. I'm just like, but you're just you're British. And the other side, <laughs> the other side of it was, um, I could never get past little Billy, Billy Kennedy. Oh, Billy there. Kennedy, yeah, because yeah. he could didn't age. Him. He got taller yeah. and yeah. he changed his hair, but he was Billy Kennedy for a exactly. Lot of time. Mr. Jesse Spencer there. Sorry, carry on. We're no, sorry, right. I was just going to say how oh, of course. Hugh Laurie kept his accent between takes because he's like, it'd be really weird if I dropped the accent. Like, no, it wouldn't. No. It, no. it would be fine. I, I was like, I, I, I do respect, okay, tiny tangent. I do respect people who, you know, they get into a character that they try and stay in it the whole time. And sometimes the character could be so intense that it would be really hard to then yeah. kind of come out and go back in. So that's fine. But at the same time, you are not that character. Yeah. You know, like um, there's, I'm, ideas family now for a second, but I'm sure there's X amount of stories of people who were horrible to other yeah. people on set because they were in character. Ed, you had your hand up there. Wesley Snipes, <laughs> Blade Trinity. Ooh. Oh, I know what you mean. C- communicating through post-its address me as his sunglasses on all the time yeah, yeah. oh yeah. i think as well like the, uh, christian bale as well does this thing which is really strange is that he actually when he does interviews for whatever sh- uh, film he's doing he tries to keep the same accent so if he's done an american one mm. he'll try and keep and i find that weird because it's like no no at that point especially you are now christian bale like just yeah yeah be with your weird Britishy American accent. Just do that. Like I don't. It, that, that, anyway, uh, yeah, that was a tangent. But it's I mean, a good tangent. I enjoyed it. <laughs> and now I'm thinking about that that thing of him shouting at that like poor lighting guy. But anyway, we're done yeah. professionally. <laughs> yeah, you're out of here, man. I remember there was there was a funny one actually. Um, the English actress Nicola Bryant. She played uh, Perry, one of the companions on Doctor Who. Yeah. And Perry was American. It was an attempt to break the American market in the 80s. Right. And she was instructed by uh, the producers to to publicly be American, right? So in oh interviews or, or everything, she was to effectively be her character. And it was, you know, there were, it, it was like a thought experiment nearly to see, could they, you know, make the people believe... Now, with all respect to her as an actress, why they didn't just hire an American actress, I do not know. Um, that's, yeah. bound to be plenty knocking around Britain. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's yeah. bizarre. Like, you want a job, this is what you need to do for it. Yeah. That's, that's strange. Okay. Um, Back to EO. 
Yeah, so we meet we meet the old intern who is who yeah. looks very harassed, you know. Dr. He's, yeah, he just, you know, he is just Mr. Information as he takes them around and tells oh, them all yeah. the meetings they've got to be part of, all the the things that they've got to be at. He's handing out big like folders and pads of paper. And then he informs them that they have a breakfast with Dr. Benton, <laughs> who he calls mm-hmm. the Antichrist. <laughs> He says, he's the Antichrist, Beelzebub, Lucifer, welcome to hell. I was like, oh, come on. It can't be that like bad. That welcome um, to hell was very dramatic. Like, very yeah. OTT. It was very like. dramatic, though, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a bit like, all right, toilet back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt, yeah, and just as like the, the lift kind of shuts on him. It was like, it was a brilliant exit for him, but yeah. it was like, come on, calm down a tiny bit. Um, yeah. And he, for me, was another, everyone has been in ER as yes. Wallace Langham. And I yeah. always remember his name because I don't think it suits him. He doesn't look like somebody who should be called Wallace. And this is something I think about any time I see him and stuff. Um, and so that's just a little thing into my okay. brain. Um, yeah, so he was in CSI Forever. Yep. Uh, Grey's Anatomy, um, Castle, which I'm re-watching, well, watching. Uh, oh, yeah. Taken 3... Veronica's Closet, which was like a I remembered that late nineties sitcom. Yes. Yeah. About um, a magazine? No, it's about a underwear. Underwear, uh, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it Oh yeah, shit. Hang on. I completely was thinking of I, I was like, oh yeah, it's about that magazine Blair. Is it Veronica's <laughs> Secret? Is that the name of the the brand? The br- the brand yeah. is yeah, and I think it was like a yeah. So it was all about the underwear kind of. Yeah, yeah. there was a magazine one as well. Um, there was one, but I forgot what that one's called because I, I never saw it. it. But um, he was also in Star Trek Voyager, and you won't recognise him because I didn't. Um, he played Flutter. The you're right. Character. I would not have recognised him for that. I do remember <laughs> yeah. Flutter, but yeah, uh, it's a terrible. It's just an awful idea, but. Um, it's not a great episode. So. No. Anyway, so yeah, that's uh, that's Wallace Langham with the wrong name. Yeah. So he just comes in and he he you know basically talks about how he, as we said, Benton is the Antichrist, and you want to wish plague and pestilence on his unborn children. Again, <laughs> I feel like this guy is lost. I think he should be you know <laughs> writing plays or soap operas or something. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so he gives that great introduction, and they all kind of. Uh, and through that introduction as well, if you, if you watch, Carter's nodding like it's the first time he's hearing this and like he doesn't <laughs> know Benton, yeah. which I thought was weird of him, but there you go. And then, you know, obviously he he makes his dramatic exit and everybody's like, oh, you know, Gant's like, Benton can't be that bad. Yeah, and I know. I was like, oh God. Carter's face was just a picture. It was just brilliant. <laughs> I know. Um, speaking of Peter, so Jeannie's waiting for him at the bottom of the stairs to the L. Um, with the bombshell, uh, which again was delivered in just straight Jeannie Boulay honesty that she's tested positive for HIV. And um, can we just say as well that this is like less than 10 minutes into the first episode of season yeah. three? Yeah. And we are like straight away hit with this diagnosis, you know, and it's like, mm. the, you know, this season is not going to pull any punches, is it? This is, they are hitting the ground running. Yeah. I know, it's uh, it's a heavy one. And there's this, there's sort of actually quite a beautiful moment between them where they're just still and they just work say? out the next steps. Yeah, what do you yeah. say? What's the next steps? Yeah, so... It's like, it's like, I'm, you know, obviously 
I'm sorry to hear, but you see, he, he's got this maelstrom of feelings. I'm very sorry to hear that you have tested positive. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Because I have not got my results. Mm. And yeah. that might, you know, be the thing, you know, this you're basically telling me that I'm probably a higher chance that maybe I thought I was. Yes. Um, and you see kind of a couple of efforts where he looks like he's trying to, about to move to hug her, but he doesn't feel like it's right. And then in yeah. the end, he just kind of walks off, doesn't he? Yeah. He just kind of leaves her there. He, he, yeah, he just kind of, it's, it's obviously, it's not often we see uh, Peter speechless. Mm. So the fact that he just, and I actually say this without judgment, but he fails this yeah. test, the test of being yeah. told he fails yeah. this test. Yeah. It's a tough yeah. moment. Yeah. No, it is. And she's so clearly, I mean, she's genie. She has a smile on everything. And, you know, there's mm. obviously it's thin here, but, you know, she's still, what's the first thing she does? It's the first thing she does is she goes and tells Peter. Yeah, that's what's great about her, isn't it? I yeah. think that she's dealing with this catastrophic thing. She, you know, she says she's only just found out herself. And the first thing she does is she seeks him out and she says, just so you know, yeah. you know, this is where I'm. And also she asks, have, you know, have you heard your results back? She wants to know how he's doing yeah. from a very like, non-selfish kind of yeah. wanting to check in on him, which I think, that's you know, it's great. She obviously cares. I mean... Uh, Peter again right so there's one thing about it. Peter's more savvy than, yeah. than her in this episode and again unfortunately as I say unfortunately it is warranted so he went to a different hospital to get tested yeah. um, as Peter Benjamin yeah, yeah. <laughs> what an amazing alias oh I know yeah but because of, because he must have known that there was going to be issues if it yeah. came out that he was HIV positive and a practicing yeah. surgeon. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, he's not wrong. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And as we keep, as we've mentioned before, you know, this is kind of still at the very kind of forefront of HIV and AIDS medication and HIV and AIDS, more awareness of it and more, um, I say acceptance, but in that, in, in the, I only mean by that, that just that we started to accept that it, A, it was a real thing and B, that it was killing not just people who were gay, you know, it was, yeah. but so, you know, it's still very early on and there's still a lot of misinformation and prejudice and it's still at this point you know something you can die from quite you know it didn't it wasn't yeah. as manageable you know all that stuff is kind of it's kind of bubbling up there isn't it yeah it's the fear and it's it's the hangover of the 80s as well yeah. because yeah. while medication had improved at this point um it's you know we think about it now and we're God, we're almost 40 years on from the, the true outbreak of the epidemic. Yeah. And if you think of how far medication has come since then and awareness, now we are still very much learning. And yeah. I'm just going to, sorry, I'm just going to plug something for a second. I'm sorry to Sharon and Ed, who I did not tell about this. I'm not being paid or anything in this. Uh, Robbie Lawler is an HIV AIDS activist uh, working in Ireland tirelessly. And he was on a show called The Tommy Tiernan Show there just last Saturday gone, which was 
fabulous for how great he was at just teaching people about HIV, AIDS, uh, information around it, how to protect yourself, how to live healthy. Um, and I just thought that was very, very timely for particularly what yeah. we're talking about this evening. Mm. I will I will definitely <clears throat> drop a link to that because it's a it's a fantastic, um, fantastic clip to watch. And but again, so from the character standpoints here, so we're in 96, I think, in this episode. Yeah. So if you think how fresh, different situations, but roll with me on this one. If you okay. think still how fresh 9-11 is in the public yeah. Yeah. psyche, and that was 20 yeah. years ago, yeah. yeah, this is less time than that from yeah. the entirety of the fear of the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, um, and as you, you know, we, we see it play out, don't we? Um, because Jeannie at the beginning is very much like, I'm going to tell Dr. Qu and she says, to, you know, yeah. I'm going to have a conversation with Mark later. We see her go up to Mark and say, can I speak to you later? You know, her mm. intention is very, and as you say, she's probably quite naive compared to Peter at this point because she's had her test at the hospital. She's ready to talk to the people. She's ready to be treated at that hospital. And, and you know, that becomes possibly a problem for her. Do you yeah. know what, actually, I'm just thinking, it's strange, uh, because of what we've seen, particularly with season two with Benton, it's strange that, or maybe it's not strange, maybe it's this is him learning from Count Vuselich. If you speak up and say the wrong thing to the wrong person, you mm. will ah, pay okay. the price. So he yeah. goes to, uh, I can't remember the name of the hospital, but he gets, speaks mm. to the other hospital to get his test maybe this is him learning from usage yeah now on the very negative side of that coin he obviously didn't offer that advice to genie no no oh, yeah that's not cool no that's the <clears> kind <throat> of thing i probably would have would have said you know yeah. at the at the end of the last yeah. when she first told him and he, then she talked about the fact she was going to get test but maybe hadn't come he hadn't thought about it but i don't know it, it, it's a really difficult one isn't it um yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so sticking with Jeannie, she um will follow this thread through she she goes from the hiv clinic she goes to the hiv clinic in county um and gets chatting to, to a chap in the waiting room who was a, a surgical technician um in another hospital and when yeah. they found out about his status they basically moved him around the hospital and in the end gave him um, an, a graveyard shift haha, yeah. in the morgue um, yeah. in pathology I think it was something like that and basically just he says to her get out of here Jeannie and don't come back yeah. because the knowledge that she's in her own hospital being treated for HIV would yeah. completely stymie her career absolutely there, because they, he's saying it's happened to him exactly. and, and you know she's in there with her badge on she's got her yeah. anybody could walk past and see yeah. her um, Anybody is, you know, there could say, but also the records would all be kept there and you never know yes, who might yeah. see what. Yeah, exactly. For whatever reason, exactly, just any reason at all. I think we've seen it happen and we will see it again. Oh, oh, look, your record show that you broke your leg when you were 14. You know, there's anything yeah. that would come up. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think what they did, they made a very, I feel it was a very powerful decision that, am I right? Was it was a Matthew, Matt is the name of the technician that speaks to her. Yes. Um, he, they obviously cast someone who was very thin. Yeah, um, yeah, they did. I think they, I think that was a deliberate appearance thing because 
I, I know myself sitting here in 2021, my first glance of him, I did sort of have a, it's 1996. I had a bit of a judgment there you yeah. know, sitting yeah. in the HIV clinic. And I think that was deliberate. I think they were like, I want your first thought to be, he's maybe a junkie or, right. you know, he, there's some other reason that has put him in that chair. And then as you see, he turns around, I was a surgical technician. Sorry, you were a what? Yeah. 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 And actually this is kind of what, not only poverty because he can't work, yeah. but also kind of the, the disease is doing to him and his yeah, body. Exactly. And um, the two people that we've seen Jeannie interact with who we know are HIV positive are Al yeah. and Matt. Yeah. So what they've, what they've deliberately done is they've not put Jeannie in a situation where she's sitting down with say, the, I'm just thinking stereotypes here, junkies, prostitutes, you know, yeah. those yeah. who, you know, you would at a time think, oh, well, they've no access to blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There I am trying to desperately not label huge groups of people. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Like, no, 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 no. This is, this is everywhere. This is every class. This is every part of society. Yeah. And through Jeannie's eyes, we see, oh my God, this is going to affect my job. And then as the audience, we go, this is not something in the back alley, lads. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly that. Because even when she looks around the the waiting room, uh, when she kind of looks before she sits down, you know, it's such a cross section of so many different people. And I thought, again, that was a very brilliant and purposeful choice of theirs to yeah. be like, this isn't just a gay disease. This isn't just a disease that it, for, for kind of junkies, like you say, it's not going to be full of that. Actually, look at all these different. And I used to volunteer actually at a, at a, um, a place that worked with people who were affected by HIV and AIDS. And, um, and you know, again, like it, I, I always thought, found it so interesting when people, other people would kind of visit and be expecting one thing and then they'd, they'd meet people oh, and be okay. like, you know, oh, okay, it's not still to this day, people have those kinds of, yeah. of thoughts that that's what people will look like or that's what, you know, people, how people will behave. And, and it was nothing like that. The people were nothing like that. So, yeah. Yeah, there's still so many value judgments about people who are HIV positive and it's somebody I know who caught it in the most horrendous, horrible way. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. being judged for that when he actually was an incredibly traumatic situation. Do you know what I mean? It just feels so horrible yeah. um, that you'd still have that. And it's prevalent among straight people because I've, I've heard people say, oh, it's the gay disease and oh, I bet yes. they call that, in, you know, just really crass homophobic yeah. comments it's just absolutely it's so yeah. still it's rife just, it's just so still. baffling it's just yeah, baffling. yeah i mean all all we can do and i think i think this is clearly something that's going to come up a lot particularly this season yeah. and going forward uh, with genie's storyline um all we can do is keep bringing awareness keep educating um yeah. You know, we are discussing, this is another thing, I suppose, which everyone who's listening to this probably watches ER and probably knows this already, but we are <laughs> discussing a show from 1996. The world then, yeah. in terms of, oh, well, it, it was very different. As you say, Ed, unfortunately, it is still prevalent. Yeah. And there are still viewpoints out there that need to be challenged. Yeah. Um, we need to get a conversation going. We yeah, really yeah. just need to keep talking about it. It can't be, yeah. you know, brushed away. Um, because yeah. when you don't know about something, you're not educated about it. And yes. if you're not educated, you're not yeah. giving yourself the tools to protect yourself. 
you're yeah. making poor judgments and poor decisions about exactly. things if you don't have the knowledge. Um, so it's just a quick catch pivot. knowledge. Sorry, Cat- I just had to put that. <laughs> oh, I like that. Thank you. Uh, the more you know of that GI Joe thing. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so a couple of quick EHBIERs from the scene. So you mentioned uh, the chap who played um, Matt. Mm. It's a guy called Stephen Rappaport who is apparently a critically acclaimed actor, director, singer-songwriter, solo theatre performer and playwright. He's performed all over Europe and in the UK and was also in uh, Star Trek Voyager. We can't get away from it. Absolutely not. I try. I try. I know you try. I'm so sorry. Here's a mad thing. When this episode came out, they were then airing at the same time. So yeah, his his episode was Phage. So I think he played he played something called Motura, which I guess was um, a Vidian, but that yeah. was 1995. So literally next to he's playing somebody with a deadly disease oh. in Voyager, and then played somebody with HIV. Sitting there going, Ooh. I've got to talk to my agent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is it about the way I look? That yeah. Ask me a romantic lead, please. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, he's he's done stuff all over the place, like Sweden, but looks at Germany. Um, America, yeah, he's, he's sounds extremely talented and multifaceted. Mm-hmm. But also, the other AHBIR is another Star Trek one. I'm so sorry, Sharon. I'm quitting. <laughs> no, no, you just think of Carter while we are doing this. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I recognise her because I have that kind of brain. Uh, she's called Karen Hensel, and she played Free- Fleet Admiral Brackett in the first episode of Unification. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I could have... yeah. Um, I just recognise straight away because it's I've watched that episode so many times, um, and also in a Deep Space Nine episode, Cardassians as a Bajoran woman called Dila. So that's that's my EHPIR done. So I think I've just mentioned Star Trek far too much this time. That's Sorry, Sharon. Quite all right with me, anyway. Well, I'm going to move us on to, 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 to Dr. Green and Doug. They are outside, they are playing, they are having fun. They're do- yeah. I, I mean, it looks like they're playing squash, but with their hands. I don't know if there's yeah. any other name. Yeah, handball. Olympic handball. Is that what that is? Yeah, I've it's never seen it. I, Olympic, it's literally handball. Uh, I've played oh. it. I'm dreadful at it, don't get me wrong. <laughs> it looks so, I would be green with all the sweat. Like, yeah, painful. It's exactly what you said, the shirt. It's squash, but without the rackets. That's right. pretty much what it is. <laughs> there used to be where my cousins used to live, uh, actually not far from where I'm living now, there was an old, uh, I don't know if this is legal, but anyway, there was an old uh, sports hall, really. But right. that's what, it was that sport. It wasn't for anything else. So the thing was completely derelict. I assume it's been torn down at this point but we would go in and play handball. And oh. I mean, like probably running over generations of broken glass and everything else, <laughs> you know, but yeah. And it's... did you have the funky little glove thing that they seem to have, or were you just doing it with your hand? I was, I was going to make a crass joke about I wearing know. protection there, but uh, no, yeah. I, um, <laughs> uh, no, I think we move swiftly. Do you know who comes across bad in this episode? Moving swiftly on. Doug Ross does not come across oh, well in this geez. episode. And it's from the off. Episode. From yeah, the off. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. they're talking about dating and Green's like, oh, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm still struggling a bit. And he's like, well, I gave you the number of some woman. And he's like, yeah, but she's an aerobics instructor. I, you know, yeah. I want to have a conversation. Doug's looking at him like he's speaking gibberish, like he has never heard of this thing called a conversation. Mm. Um, 
Uh, yeah, it, it's totally dog behavior, isn't it? Just the yeah. way it's just like, you don't need to talk to an, you know, that kind of like, oh, it's an aerobics yeah. instructor. Why would you need to talk to her? And it's like, it's really highlighting the kind of the differences between Dr. Green and, <laughs> yeah. and Doug here. And, and, and as you say, he's such a dog in this episode, yeah. you know, because later we find out that, Rand, you know, Randy gets very mad at him because his current squeeze Gretchen keeps calling and she's got like a stack of messages that she basically says to him you know oh like stop her call you know can you stop her calling because she doesn't stop and everybody's like oh Gretchen and they all straight yeah. away have ideas of what they think she'll be like and and he says no 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 she's you know she's she graduated from Yale and she's she's a Rhodes Scholar <laughs> all this stuff and and then she comes in and she is obviously none of those things and he's completely lied but this is where he's yeah. just hideous isn't it's, he because yeah. oh it's, it's it's hard to watch i found <laughs> the the not just because i'm grasping for something else the nicest thing about him is that in this episode is he's pretty not he, he asks carol how she is during the softball episode and that really shouldn't be the nice thing he does in this episode and yes yeah. it is that is literally it yeah oh yeah it's just easy because bit of a gremlin yeah. in this episode yeah because Gretchen comes in and she's all like I want to meet your friends and he's really trying to blow her off and saying like he's very uncomfortable that she's there he's very much you know trying to push her away and say later you know we'll, we'll have dinner and then she finally you know acquiesces so great we'll have dinner and she walks out and he literally not even a minute passes right. before he picks the phone up and calls her and says oh actually I can't make dinner I'll call you in a few days <clears throat> He doesn't, just, yeah, oh. he leaves her a voice, an answer phone message for when oh, she gets yeah. home. He's like, oh, I'm, just, I'm busy. I'll call just, you in a couple of days. Yeah, which we know will never interested happen. anymore, which he clearly isn't, because yeah. if it was for a couple of days, because I, I was thinking, if he is just keeping her around as a booty call, yeah, I thought that's how it was at the beginning, and then he's like, no, no, get out. But then, oh, I'll call you in a couple of days, is, oh, well, I suppose, unfortunately, maybe he's still, like... Because she's clearly interested. He's probably thinking, like, I probably can ring her in a couple of days. Yeah. It's really, like, um, I think we were saying recently, Sharon, you might have said this recently, uh, or possibly as you had, both of you, uh, said that he, I think, gave an interview recently where he said, I'm, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I am really getting read my rights, basically, for just yeah. how much Doug got away with yeah. for being George Clooney. <clears throat> Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And, and also episode... I think because of the way it was as well in the 90s, you know, we were talking about it before, but this was how a lot of men and probably, you know, still in the noughties were written and it was very much acceptable. You know, men were men. They were going to be dogs. If they were handsome, they could get away with anything. Yeah. You know, we, there are so many examples out there. So this is just a real, it, it's it's really interesting to look back and just for me, especially to look back and just be like, that's how it was. It was that prevalent yeah. that, You'd feel uncomfortable, but you would just be mm. like, but this is fact. The sky is blue. Men are men. You know, that's just yeah. how it, it kind of was, unfortunately. But yeah, so he, uh, I mean, the one thing I have to say is he doesn't look happy with himself. He does look no. like he knows. Number one, it looks like he's not enjoying this and it just seems to be some compulsion or he's trying to feel something. And on the other side of it, 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 it does seem like there's something in him that is feeling bad. He yeah. probably doesn't know how to deal with it and deal with it better but at least he's feeling sorry for, you know, at least he's not reveling. I'm being very over fair there though. Yeah. I think I this is, if you, if you think all the way back to the pilot, right? Our yeah. first introduction to him, <laughs> there's a lot of jokes about, you know, who did he meet last night? And obviously he's drunk and on a drip 
for the first few episodes or the first few minutes of the episode. Yeah. And the first few episodes, yeah. Yeah, yeah so just <laughs> you, like, you're you know, right. Yeah, yeah. He's actually using it as a colostomy bag. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of this cheeky charmer. You kind of have the impression, oh, with a different woman every night. And you start to see, particularly through the second season, that that's less and less what seems to make him happy, but he just yeah. keeps bloody doing it. Yeah. yeah. So I would, lo- even though it was grim the way he treated Gretchen here, and she is obviously, she's certainly portrayed as a much younger woman as yes. well, which I was yeah. uncomfortable. Not no. teenage, but I was uncomfortable. Um, I agree. Like, because he's clearly a bit like, now, while Harper uh, was very much, and she makes the point, no, I'm an adult, I make my own decisions, there is yeah. still that kind of person in responsibility. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, Aligned in cost. Definitely, yes. definitely. So, what is my point here? Maybe it's no the fact that he, not, n- n- no point at all, much like the storyline. <laughs> much like the storyline of him and his dad's girlfriend. Um, oh god but obviously because she's not back i wonder is this a hangover from well my last romantic relationship involved my dad stealing two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and a drug addict yeah so um yeah i think that's definitely what they're trying to you know he he looked like some way he was kind of committing a bit to that to to karen and maybe this is their way of going no no she's gone and actually he's gone straight back to kind of being that that pig that we all knew yeah but he's accidentally grown, which is where <gasps> the guilt comes from. Yes. Yeah, I think he has. I think he has. And I think as well, like you mentioned that scene with Carol, like I think he's also really attuned to her and and to what's happening for her as well. And I, I think that shows growth because it sounds like when they were together, he was not like that at mm. all. Um, so I think I think that, you know, there's 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 maybe some some growth. Right, where should we go next? Who should we discuss mm, next? Should we carry on with Carter and ugh, Dale? Um, <laughs> so they have this relaxing brunch in the cafeteria while they're shoveling food and Benton is quizzing them and, and the, the poor doctor gets something wrong. Um, oh he goes no. around the table. Dale gets <sighs> to show off, so he gets to scrub in. Ugh. Oh, I hated that. But also, I was just like, wow, could you imagine? You would just, it would just be indigestion from from having a a brunch like this. Like, yeah, I'll just drink water. I'll be fine. I I won't eat anything. Um, And I think Carter, he's sort of sat there like waiting for his turn. And I sort of got the impression he's he's like expecting some, maybe not special favors, but certain special treatment. Do you know what I mean? Because of his relationship with Benton. And I was like, and then he he says, oh, you forgot me. Benton, you know, Dr. Benton. Oh yeah, you can uh, you can help out the R. He's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's where I've always been. Okay, yeah. nothing new there. Nothing then. has changed. Mm. Um, and he also gets he puts him on the um, the night shift as well, oh, the first God. on oh, yeah. shift. So like, if this is your first day as a doctor, you aren't on any of the fun stuff. You're being stuck back in ER. Yeah. And also, you're going to be on the night shift, which sounds like actual, like a nightmare. Um, yeah. Oh my God. And yes. And so I kind of, so because he then goes downstairs and he's quite annoyed and <laughs> I, he doesn't yeah. deal with it in the best way, but I can no. understand why he might be feeling that way. Again, I'm being a bit too fair to him. Yeah, mm. understand, uh, yes, 
he it's like ed it's like you said it's you know he's had two years with benton you know he'll get if nothing else he might get you know a kind of a wink and a oh, sorry this is the shit job sorry yeah of course that's the audience we're just like you you chose to be with benton for a third yeah. year what is wrong with you carter yeah. yeah this is I mean, what did you expect like pigeons are learning faster at this point because it's has he ever at any point ever shown you that kind of treatment has he ever given you any indication <laughs> that yeah. he would you know it just seems silly for him to, to still be expecting that after all this time you know yeah oh no it is it's oh but uh he learns it now he comes down a bit like a bad out of house certainly like a bit of a yes. petulant child oh god yeah but he also he he, he mucks up he mucks yes. up pretty bad quite a few he times does. yeah so he he checks an old lady who's got stomach pain and uh, he's trying to avoid the fact he's got to, um, I don't know what the right word is, decompact her. Um, disimpact her, I think it is, because she's got... Disimpact, I think they Thank it, you, yeah. yeah. Um, and he should have done a rectal. Tuni knows it. Benton Lydia. knows it. Lydia. It mm. is Lydia, isn't it? Yes. I think Tuni has to go about with someone else later. Yeah, um, Yeah, that's yeah. it, Lydia, because she's kind of looking at him. She's pretty much got the, the, like, the lube in her hand, like going... You know what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. She's literally sign pointing it like she's yeah, yeah. directing air traffic. She is like, this is <laughs> what it has to be. Yeah. And he's just, he's. I think there's two sides to it. I think half of him is obviously doesn't really want to do the rectal, and the other half yeah. of it is so dying to get up to surgery. Yes. He's doing that thing where he sees surgery cases everywhere yeah. again when they're not. Forgetting, yeah. you know, he's forgetting all the stuff he's supposed yes. to do. It's it's funny because she's really trying to direct him, and then and then Benton comes down and he's like ready to say, Benton, right? He needs to, she needs to go to upstairs surgery. I want to help out. I want to scrub in. And behind Benton, Lydia's just like, oh <laughs> yeah, no, like, not gonna happen. Yeah, he's wrong. Um, it's funny, and then he, he says, like, oh, this needs to be disembarked. Isn't that a nurse's job? And this oh. is strike one. For, for Carter and the nurses yeah. today. You never yeah. say that in the ER. Oh. Or ever, actually. Ever. Here, here's a rule, listeners. Never say, isn't that a nurse's job? Yeah. Because yeah. we will find you and we will set the nurses from ER on you. Yeah. And we know them, so we will. We and I think personally. as well, I think... I, uh, and he's already at, actually also at this point he's already snapped at Lydia once before when he first yes. came down to the ER so you know this is kind of his like strike two with her especially yeah, yeah. so it's like oh you know I'm surprised I'm surprised I, I feel like the nurses have a lot more patience than I think I would have at this point um yes. but yeah because because then later we see um you know we see somebody comes into the trauma and he 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 bursts in and he's all like very much like a peacock very you know <laughs> oh, somebody called for surgery for a surgeon you know and <laughs> and kind of green and susan look at each other like who I the hell <laughs> they're just like oh no yeah like you know it's nice to see you carter get the lawyers down here for the moment <laughs> yeah. okay so <laughs> And, and, you know, he's doing that thing where he's just trying to be so overconfident that he's forgetting the actual training he's been given and he can't do a line and he's really, really struggling with that. And Can't do a central yeah. line. Sorry. Yes. Just, uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, I central, do... central. Yeah, exactly. He may do lines on a spare time, but yeah. that, that's not for us to discuss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he screws it up and nicks the lung, doesn't he? Oh, it's, oh. it's and it's automatically, boom, no, surgery. Get him straight yeah. over to the OR. Yeah. And it exactly should have been, that. I think they say like, it's not an easy thing, but it should have been a fairly straightforward 
yeah. Treating Street nearly. And then, no, nope, yeah. this guy is. And it's, yes. Yeah. And Ben actually has to come down and he just yeah. moves him out. They're like past to push him out of the way and really yeah. cuts him out of it. And, you know, Carter's obviously very upset, but it's like, well, you know, you, you're you not pulling your weight. You're doing that thing again where you're just, you're so busy trying to impress. You're so busy thinking about other stuff and not the medicine, you know, that yeah. that's kind of what is going to happen. He also pisses Weaver off because he, you know, oh, Weaver, God, yeah. Weaver has obviously been Weaver and she's now in the credits, you know, Laura Inner, she's in it there. She's back. She's, she's Yay. official. The theme has um, changed to the theme from the Omen. <laughs> <laughs> and she's putting in lots of, you know, we see her right hot off the kind of, uh, just hot off the press is like really ready to kind of change things up and, seems to be a lot of meetings and 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 a lot of kind of extra supervision and paperwork but there you go that's just what she's trying to introduce one of the things which i guess she does have a point so one of the things is the board at the moment on the board they've got the names and they've got the complaints and Mm. she says for patient confidentiality you know that's not great um which i think you know gdpr will definitely back her up with all that all the gdpr stuff but that's true yeah i do wonder if you walk in and you would if i saw the word taylor something else would i automatically know who taylor is i don't yeah um but she basically wants everything to be everyone to have their num their social security number to be their identifier and then she's come up with a ridiculous booklet that everybody's supposed to learn of acronyms that are overcomplicated <laughs> and basic but you know at one point people are just like nobody knows what this board has said it, everyone's labeled saying. as other yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody's labeled as other and um and Carter kind of has his moment where he's just oh, like, oh gosh, who's come up with this? This is awful. And Weaver's like, it's me. And he has to kind of face her. And I oh, thought that no. was another little moment where he's being knocked down on his pedestal. <laughs> he's, uh, poor, poor, poor old Carter. Like, he's not having a very good life, really, is Carter. No. But it's enough. But it's, it's coming at him from all sides, really. And I love when they do the different, because obviously he wants to be a surgeon, even though we know he's great in the ER. He wants to be a surgeon. Yeah. And he gets called up to, um, is it the SICU? Yeah. Um, so that's surgery intensive care unit. Yeah. And it's aftercare. And I mean, it's just the quietest, calmest place ever. Yeah. I mean, the only thing it's missing is classical Mozart playing through the halls <laughs> or something. Yeah. Mozart himself sitting at a harpsichord. Like, that's that's how different it is. Um, and, you know, he goes in and it's like, oh, no, you know, this man has mere hours to make this decision. Not quite, but, you know, it's like, oh. Yeah. And, and he goes and speaks to somebody, doesn't he? He does. He does, Dr. Karubian, which is an E-H-I-B-E-R for you all. Um, I don't know if you, anybody knew could tell from the voice but it was played by david schwimmer ross himself i couldn't um, tell at all <laughs> i i i did notice and i uh, the thing i wondered about it was he was on any he was on friends so he was on another nbc show at the time and i just wondered uh, did they just go oh we need somebody to do a voice let's just grab one of the actors we know and just while you're in the i don't know it's just very well weren't george clooney and noah wiley playing doctors i was was that around yeah. the same time I that wonder? was yeah I of a, maybe a cross okay. promotion yeah, but I mean, it's weird though because you don't know it's him and there's no real, That's you know, true. you don't he's see not cre- him and he's, he's not credited. Either, yeah. No, now, so mm-hmm. it's strange. Only that I knew it was coming. I think. Yeah. I mean, I can I can easily sit here and say to you, oh, I got the voice straight away. Yeah, recognised him, but I knew he was coming. 
So I don't know yeah. if I would necessarily, even though Same. David Trimmer does have quite a distinctive voice. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just would love to know kind of how that came about. Cause it's, yeah. it's, it's quite strange, but you know, there's some kind of synergy going on. Um, I have actually met um, David Trimmer on a couple <gasps> of occasions. What? Ooh. His hair is amazing. I'm going to really? put that out there. It is thick and it is luscious and all right. Yeah. He's got a good head <laughs> of hair. Say, yes. Myself and Ed are sitting here going, how nice for him. Good for <laughs> you. Uh. Um, but yeah, so, and then the next day, you know, that doctor actually complains to Benton because he says, you know, it was a really easy thing and he shouldn't yeah, have been, yeah. he shouldn't have been kind of picked up for it. But, but, but Carter's just making little mistakes everywhere. Yeah. And at one point he basically walks up to, you know, Carol, we find out that there's, they're having a barbecue, a 4th of July, July barbecue. Oh, yeah. And, and he basically says to, to Carol, you know, bring you back food. And he starts giving her this order as if she's like his servant. And I think that's the moment where all the nurses are like, <laughs> right, we need to teach him a lesson. And the best person for the job, Hale, is oh, there. Yeah. And she is ready for it. And she does her usual thing. I mean, we've seen her already with Benton when she kept writing, how, you know, I don't know what this means. And you're going to have to write that, to, you know, if ever she's doing that. Yeah. And in this... Can we give him some toast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She is waking him up like every two minutes to ask him, like, you know, shall I open a window? Shall I give him this? Should that person yeah, like yeah. that? How many Tylenol? You know, stuff you know that she yeah. wouldn't normally do it. So they, you know, he really gets his comeuppance from the nurses at this point. Um, they call it potty training, which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Aww. And also the fact that that's what, you know, they're just so used to it because they probably have to deal with that from so many of the new doctors yeah. when they come in and they're acting like, yeah. I know everything. Like, I know, obviously, because the doctors, either from doing the residency or whatever, you will just get a bit of a revolving door. Yeah. Um, and what I was, I was equated to, um, sometimes when you're in a role and a new manager starts, and straight away, the manager must put their stamp on everything. Oh, God, I think sometimes I there's that. a bit of that. In yeah. this, and you're kind of like, would you just trust me that I know what I'm doing? I'm here longer yeah. than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly that. Um, yeah. Because then there's another moment as well where he's, he, you know, there are two patients come in. One of them has, um, you know, needs a lot of suturing. He's bleeding quite heavily from lots of like cuts. And then the other person has, is like an alcoholic or just like very unwell, maybe not an alcoholic. I can't remember who the patient is, but somebody's also not well. And he's basically having to manage both. He has yeah. a bit of a meltdown shouts at Malik. Then he says that, that's that quite famous line, you know, we need a doctor down here. And Carol's like, you are yes. the doctor. To, you know yeah i need an adult you are an adult no an adult <laughs> you're an adult which is how yeah. i feel every day of my life yeah it's um, a, a drunk that walked through a plate glass window yeah oh yes. impressive it is impressive yeah, yeah. It he must have really and took he's... a run at it yeah <laughs> um so, you know, we really see him in the thick of it. He's really losing it. Because also, it, when he first found out about the night shift, he just thought he just was covering the ER. Um, yeah. But then it turns out he's actually also covering the surgical ICU as we see him go upstairs to have to do a surgery. And it just seems, I mean, it seems like a lot. And I, yeah. a little bit when, when um, we had Wallace Langham kind of t t taking them through everything and their duties, I thought, why have you yeah. designed it this way to be this just this impossible like I know you want to kind of get the best out of people and get people that you know can I don't know be able to manage very stressful situations but it just seemed it's, it's a just poor seemed use so of your resources yeah, yeah. yeah 
You know, like it's setting up to fail, isn't it? It feels like and opening yourself up to malpractice. Like, oh, why did the doctor yeah. miss misdiagnose this? Well, because they're running on four hours sleep in the last 72 and, yeah. you know, their vision is beginning to blur. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is an extreme example, but I meant to write a, a zero instead I wrote an eight or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly you've prescribed the wrong dosage to somebody. Yes. Um, yeah. Like exactly. I know that this is, a par- as far as I know, this still happens today. But if you go in as a doctor, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Sleep yeah. is a thing of the past. Get used to coffee. And I think, and I feel, and then like, you know, he's obviously, he's so ragged and he's running around like a crazy person. Obviously the nurses are also, you know, messing with him, which they should be doing. And at one point, you know, he realizes because we either kind of says, whatever you've done to the nurses, you've got to, you know, make sure you make it up to them. And he's like, I didn't do anything. He's like, it doesn't matter. They are the ones who basically are going to make you a fail. You kind of think like you make it up to them. And and he does, he brings in donuts, you know, he's, he's there, he's brought in donuts. He's being sweet as pie to everybody. Hopefully that will end his kind of, you know, um, he, that will end the animosity but then we have this lovely moment where he's kind of working and Dr Gant comes in because he's come early yeah. for a shift and he says oh can I help you and and we see them kind of suturing together and that's where we see this like friendship form and this kind of they're in these the trenches but also it, I thought it, it showed something about Dr Gant that he came in early to help and it just yeah. shows he's quite a he's it's a really setting decent up person really nice yeah good decent yeah. person and and then we have this really lovely moment with with Benton, uh, Benton with Carter when he's, he's he's kind of sitting outside, completely worn out. Can't Kudos take to the makeup team or to Noah Wiley who stayed up for a week to film this because <laughs> yeah. he looks wrecked during he does, this, doesn't he? I also it's really just lighting, isn't it? It's <laughs> good lighting and a little bit of shading. Like he's eyelids. so committed to his craft. He stayed up, all right. That's what okay. happened. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm mad. But then we have we have Carter. Uh, sorry, Doctor Green. Yeah. I can't remember anyone's names. Doctor Green comes <laughs> out, and obviously Carter's been working the whole of the Fourth of July, so he's not been able to celebrate or enjoy it in any way. And Green brings out little sparklers and they're like sparklers, and I That's just thought really that cute. was so yeah, cute. Yeah, so cute. Um, yeah, and and like you were saying, Sean, you know, it it really reflected the pilot kind of that idea of oh yeah yeah this like and I just I I thought that was a really nice callback and also I thought it also sets up because there are moments in the future where this happens and there's especially uh you know a very poignant one where a certain phrase is mentioned I don't know what the phrase is but you know it's a certain (laughs) phrase (laughs) (laughs) and and that's and it kind of mirrors that as well and I just it, I, again, it's that thing of people coming to check on each other and making sure, you know, they're this family, they look after each other. But then Dr. Green, who's obviously been there and done everything that Carter's now going through, turns around and says, you know, you're going to make it. It's going to be okay kind of thing. And yeah. that's just sometimes what you need to hear when you're kind of on the ropes, isn't it? Exactly. Who heals the healers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, Got to look out um, for each other. Me, he, if you let me, Carter. Uh, <laughs> um, Mark, like, Carter gets a page and Mark even takes it for him. He says, oh, it's all right. You know, got a bit more time. Yeah. <clears throat> and I kind of thought, <coughs> excuse me. Um, got really dry throat. I've been in air conditioning all day. Um, yeah. it's, like a, it's like a brotherly relationship. Do you know what I mean? I feel like Mark Green is like a, the older brother that keeps an eye out yeah. for him in some ways. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just there to sort of, 
supporting whereas everybody else is you know not so <laughs> not so supportive but yeah. I, I thought you're right such a beautiful moment I'm surprised speaking of moments you didn't pick up um when he gets puked on and has to <laughs> run through the halls of county general again is that and because you sharon you just didn't want to share that with anyone that was I your private moment exactly. oh okay that was actually filmed at okay. our house and I, I don't know how it ended <laughs> oh up in the show so i'm a bit upset um i didn't mention it because i was scared of my reaction but just to say it okay. has been screenshotted and has now been added to my private collection but carry on. Cool. that's right <laughs> the Carter Shrine, yeah? Yeah. yeah. I have to yeah. say as well, fair play to Dr. Carter. I don't know where he found the time to go to the gym, but Honestly. well played. Yeah. He probably just doesn't eat and he's probably got one of those, oh, he's God. young and he's, he you know, he's running around, so he's just burning off more than he actually eats. Speaking of young, yes. there is a baby don't. running the ER. Yeah. I actually texted my mum while I was watching <laughs> this episode. Because I am not okay with the fact that I am older than Mark Green in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I he's am 32. Not, I am not okay with this. I, 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 my, my childhood was shattered when I heard Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Okay, so that's yeah. without going into any detail there. Ed, you're shaking your head. What do you think I'm talking about? Uh, uh, anyway, yeah, The Letter. My God. Oh. Right, okay. Have you even seen <laughs> ER? Anyway. <laughs> no, we're talking about Star Trek. Come on. Well, yes, actually, I know no, what you mean now. Sorry, that one's on me. You're dead right. Um, I, I, sorry, I've caught up now. But yeah, 32. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, I think I'm delighted to say, I think Doug was 34 in like season one. So yeah. I'm still younger than Doug. Yeah, let's uh, hold on to that. Yeah. And I'm 28, so it's fine. Great. Brilliant. Brilliant. And Ed, don't worry, I think Romano's like 52, so you've got a, <laughs> you've got a twin. <laughs> fine, man. You're fine. You've got a twin. Oh, Ooh. my God. Oh. Speaking of cruel things to say. My oh. God. What Sorry. has happened to you set the tone this evening? It's, it's, not, it's set a bitchy tone, guys. I don't yes. know what's happened. I don't know what's You're happened. You're still hot bothered from Topless Carter. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. I'm just You've got overexcited. Just calm I yourself have. down. I will. I'm going to go quiet while you guys carry on. <laughs> Silencing women again. Yay. Um, <laughs> women of colour as well. Oh, All right, shit. Ed, you can, you can climb that hill on your own. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, moving swiftly about... along. Should we move on to Benton? Yeah, <laughs> actually, Benton. that's a, that's a good, because there was something I really. Oh, he okay, so he gets his results. Spoiler negative. Thank God. Yeah. All right, and that yeah. is genuinely that is good news. Yeah. Uh, that 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 that's that's great. Now he is unfortunately he just does not come across well in this episode. After this point, not at all. So yeah. before I think we talk about how he and Jeannie have their next conversation, I actually want to, so he goes to a 4th of July barbecue with yeah. uh, Jackie, Jackie is back, who I love Jackie, yeah. and Walt is there. Yeah, I nearly actually, Ving Ram standing there, I nearly didn't recognize him, you know? <laughs> and uh, I, on the one hand, I am delighted to see him so happy because we so rarely see it. Yeah. And he's so relieved, he's so happy. And it's like, oh, look, I, I'm delighted for you. Yeah. And he turns into this horn dog. Yeah. 
you know, he's there, he gives Jackie a hug and turns around and he just fixes his eyes on a character who might become a little bit important as time goes along. Maybe. Maybe. He sees uh, a a lady named Carla, whoever that Mm -hmm. might be, uh, at the barbecue with Walt. Yeah. And I mean, like a shark who sensed blood. Yeah. Yes. And I, I don't know, I just thought... I mean, I can't judge the man. He's had, he's had fantastic news. It's, you know, it's great. And I'm not expecting him to run straight to Genie and say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm okay. But, but it's just like, is your first reaction after you get a negative HIV test and you've had all this emotional trauma is to go to a family function yeah. and try and pick somebody up? I think it might be. I'm going to play a little of a defense for Benton at this point. Um, I think when you are facing something that could possibly be a death sentence and you get good news, you are filled with this kind of euphoria and you want to celebrate and you want to go and experience life and do something mad because you can. And I got the sense as well that he um, he already has met and knows Carla and he knew she was going to be there. And that's why he's come to, you know, they're all a bit like, whoa, you, we didn't think you would come. Yeah. And I think he's purposely come to actually to to come and see her. Um, and and I, I'm not mad at him for that because, you know, he's not with Jeannie anymore and and he has his own life. And although I feel like he could be a lot more supportive towards Jeannie and could have maybe given her a hug at the beginning or tried to kind of comfort her, I'm not mad at him for going after his, what, what might make him happy. Yeah, no, you're... You're right. Like, um, maybe it's because maybe my hesitation is I'm not taking Peter out of Peter and Jeannie. Right. Right. He is an individual. He has just come through. Well, he has effectively come through this incredibly traumatic thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I think, though, I mean, I have to say, when the kind of started skirting a little bit around sex... I that I th- felt a bit like too soon <laughs> and that was just me just feeling a bit like okay you've just had this kind of AIDS thing and now you're kind of I don't know talking about that was just a little thing I mean I, again I'm not against him having his life but for me I, th- I thought oh, wow okay you've gone straight from HIV to sex like <laughs> did you find it jarring at all that because 99.9% of the time the Peter we see is surgeon yeah. To see him maybe in this type of personal setting in, you know, looking at a girl he likes, that maybe it's because it's a big change from everything in one go. Maybe yeah. that's maybe that's why it was so jarring, why it was kind of so noticeable. Um, yeah. Because we the last person he was him... affectionate with was Jeannie. Yeah. yeah. And, and we never really see him in the wild, out and about, kind of having fun and actually purposely going to have fun. And because yeah. sometimes we've seen him go kind of meet up with Jackie and Walt and be quite grudging about it. But this one, he actually looks like he wanted to be. He looks like a different person, I thought, completely in this whole moment. Um, I, I just wanted to point out two things. One was I thought the scene where he went to find out. Um, about you know his results was really well done because we obviously don't hear the other side of the conversation there's a moment where he kind of puts his head down and he hangs up and we have no idea at that yeah. Yeah. the was, way they yeah. play it you're right is has he got it not it's only when carter kind of comes in and, and says oh are you okay and he goes yeah i'm fine and we as an yeah. audience go oh, okay and then he yeah. smiles you can see he's relaxed and relieved he, that i thought that was a really cool 
um, yeah. little exploration. Um, but also I thought, I, I, th I just, um, I, I kind of liked seeing Peter kind of flirting with a woman and seeing him being a bit more human and, and stuff. And I, I, that's why, again, oh, that maybe also helps me not be mad at him. Do um, we have a contender for <laughs> a special place in your heart? <laughs> oh, there's a bit of a squirm no. there. I'm, no. I'm totally with you on that, Sharon. It was, I actually really like Benton. So I've, um, later in my rewatch, we have that amazing episode where he goes down to the deep south and, do you know what I mean? And I'm like, we see that when we see that other side, we realize what a whole person is and how great he is. Yeah. And he's so flirty and friendly with Carla, and she's amazing. I really like Carla in this first episode. But yeah, it was just right. It was lovely to see him disengage from the hospital, and he surprised his sister with a big hug from behind, and yeah. they're so affectionate with each other. They clearly have such a strong relationship. And I was like, oh, and I like this Benton. Yeah, and especially after everything that's kind of they've been through with their mom and yeah. everything and all the stuff that he's had to go through at work. And it's nice to see him kind of be happy. And I just, also, I just wanted to say as well, um, everybody's been in ER. Uh, you know, Carla is played by Lisa Nicole Carson. She was in Ali McBeal, Life, The New Edition Story. She had a, quite an interesting career because she was huge in the late 90s. Yes. She was, you could not, you know put the TV on without her kind of being in something. And then she kind of disappeared. And I remember a few years ago, like kind of looking her up and realizing actually what had happened was she, she got fired from a lot of shows because what they called decided to say was bad behavior. But in actual fact, it was, she was bipolar oh, and no. oh, wow. she didn't know. And what was happening is she was obviously having her Episode, reactions what? and episodes yeah. and things. And nobody knew that. And they just kind of, she got kind of blacklisted and blackballed wow. a little bit. And, and she's, she's come back and, and is trying to reclaim her life and reclaim her job and all, you know, all that. But that's kind of why she disappeared. And I thought, again, wow. that was really interesting as like a black woman, a black female actress, a black female actress with mental illness, you know, all those kinds yeah. of things were, were kind yeah. of against this woman. And I really hope she manages to get back out because, you know, she she's, just... Yeah. I think she's great in this role as Carly. You know, she's fun. She's flirty. She's yeah. she's we hear she's this cook of this cool restaurant. So she's you know she owns yeah. this restaurant, uh, which I know we see in a, in a few episodes. But it, I don't know. I just thought I, I liked this portrayal of this kind of yeah. fun, flirty young black woman who's kind of got yeah. her head together. Also very sex positive. You know, she's the one who brings up sex. She's she knows yeah. what she wants and she's going to go for it. And Definitely. I liked that because we don't see that often enough with with female characters. We often see and especially in these times. It was very much you know yeah. i was grown up I, when i grew up it was always boys were chasing girls and girls were saying no 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 yeah. um and that's not life so no. yeah. if you even think even in er and obviously they're doing a great job hence we have carla but the the depiction that randy often gets and we yeah. all love randy on this podcast <laughs> yeah but she's kind of done up like the tart you know, yeah. like, and, but I, I, I genuinely, I feel that they were leaning heavily uh, into that because of how often does she come across and nearly save the day or just show how great she is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I find that, particularly in the 90s, that depiction was the temptress. She was yeah. the, I suppose, actually, the temptress kind of says it all, you mm. know, of these virtuous men who, you know, yeah. nonsense. And led astray exactly yeah. and the idea that a woman might actually enjoy sex god power of christ compels you um <laughs> but uh but yeah but, but with carla 
at least what I got with that is there's no attempt to depict her in any certain way. She's mm. she's just Carla. She you know? is. Yeah. She there. happens to she's... like sex. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she happens yeah. to like Benton. You know, and that. Yeah, yeah. listen, you, you, nobody's perfect. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, exactly. You, um, you're right about being ubiquitous <laughs> in the 90s because she was literally on ER and Danny McBeal yeah. at the same time, yeah. pretty much. I was just looking at IMDb and I was like, it doesn't mention her, um, or not this, but anyway, but yeah, I was just, they were two massive shows. Huge. And that's kind of, so I think I, so I, I used to watch both of those. So I remember her quite well as Renee and she did just disappear one day and it was a bit like, oh, where's she gone? And, and um, I think, I think she talks a little bit about that fact that at that point, being on both shows, she was very hype. And that was when she was able to do a lot because she was quite, in quite that state and then yeah, yeah and somebody actually pulled her aside on it somebody on er actually pulled her aside really? and said i think you need to get yourself he, like she said she was being quite hyper manic and he took her aside and said look she doesn't name him but it was somebody on er who said look i think you you need to think about bipolar because i think you might have it because he'd had experience with somebody a family oh, wow. member and and she didn't really listen because again in those days he, you know yeah. it wasn't spoken about you know, we saw men, a lot of the times we saw mental illness as something that was people in asylums or people put yeah. away. So we're in a psychiatric ward. It wasn't so much that people walk around and live yeah. with it. They were dangerous, and, weren't they? They were. Yeah, or dangerous. They, they need mental problems. Beware yeah, of them exactly. now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so, uh, but so she's then when and got tested and she, well, I think she actually, sorry, she had a bit of a breakdown. She got fired from a few things, had a bit, quite a breakdown. And that's when she, somebody finally said to her it's bipolar and I just thought it's interesting because ER actually was one of the first places where she first heard that term from somebody wow. on ER telling her. It's it, it's funny this I was just looking at her IMDB and it says a contract was not renewed for the hits television series ER on August 22nd 2001 which is really precise IMDB because the writers and producers were tired of her in quotes unpleasant attitude. Mm. Wow. Yeah and I feel like that should be taken down because I feel yeah. like there's so much more going on and that's yeah. really simplistic but also plays into a lot of angry black woman tropes yeah. difficult black woman tropes that we just don't need in this day and age you know yeah. get get rid of that whoever is on IMDb yes. has power I've actually um, I found with IMDb um, over the last year or so the trivia sections in particular it, it seems to be a bit more like Wikipedia in that right. there oh. doesn't seem to be any quality control. Right. I, say, I, for a long time, lived on IMDb Trivia because mm. it was, you know, as informative as, as it gets. But even, what am I trying The tone. It was always a neutral tone. Yes, yeah. Now, that's gone. Yeah, I think you're right. I feel that yeah. too. Oh, but yeah, that, that's just a little bit kind of about, about that, that character who we will get to see again. Um, yes. But you know, we see Benton, so we see that moment where he's he's obviously been quite happy. Um, he ru- he runs back into Jeannie because, as we said at the beginning of the episode, you know, she was, I'm going to tell Mark, I'm ready. Um, she's obviously had the experience she's had. She's now decided she's obviously not going to tell Mark. So she, we see her lie to to Weaver. You know, she's, yeah. Weaver says, "Oh, what what should, what happened?" And she says, "You know, it's fine. I'm safe." And I'm, it was negative, and and then she has to obviously go and tell Benton because Benton knows her status but also works with her obviously so she kind of takes him aside and says you know can you i'm not going to tell people can you not tell people and he he gets quite 
annoyed and says, you know, but I don't want to lie. And she's like, I'm not asking you to lie. I'm just telling you to shut up, which I thought was quite a, uh, yes. wow, here we go, Jeannie. Um, I have to say, I completely understood her desperation in this, this uh, moment. But I also really understood Peter because, you know, he... Is, she's kind of asking him to be in a very yeah. difficult position because if something happens and it comes out that he knew or even just as a doctor feeling like I want to make sure everything's safe as possible but then I also then also feel because you know people were so ununderstanding at the time it, it might not have been so easy to just go oh let's do the right thing because there is no right thing I, 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 it's just a brilliant moment I think really yeah. shows yeah <clears throat> who's Who's right and who's wrong? Certainly, it's easy to be like, no, I'm on Genie's side, hundred percent, on Genie's side, you know. Yeah. And I would still probably lean that way. But Same. I just think, and they do address it in the show as, yeah. What happens if there's a needle stick? What happens yes. if there's, you know, say you're, <clears throat> uh, I think potentially, I think maybe someone uses the example of, well, what happens if you have to crank a chest? Yeah. And you yeah. cut your finger on bone. Yeah. Which is a ridiculous yeah. situation, but. We're in the ER. It could happen. Yeah. I've, yeah, definitely. I've got to say in this scene, just going back to talk about Gloria Rubin, as ever, we love her. She was just played it another yeah. blind with this one. The, yeah. the look of fragility, but at the same time, but the steel underneath it was just, yeah. yeah, another moment of we love Gloria Rubin and Jeannie Boulay, but yeah, it is a um, tough one. It is, isn't it? Oh, and then, I mean, we talked about Carol earlier. So she's, to, you know, appeared again and and there is a bit of a throwaway throwaway line about <laughs> yeah. you know you could just quit again for yeah, like, that sass, yeah. um yeah well because the nurses are talking about the fact that there's a rumor going around that county might close down yes and so carol's very much like oh no i've taken out this second mortgage um and you know so we, we're starting to understand why she's probably come back and how they've got her back and then they they go to the they go to the play baseball and this is quite a cute scene where yeah. the ER staff are playing the kind of the paramedics and the it's seeing them out of the of the kind of and although even though they're playing baseball which we all know my feelings on it's quite sweet because you know they're all like out of the hospital and they're all palling yeah. together you see you see like Doug being quite bossy and being like come on you know <laughs> Jerry you need to be here and not there and you know all that kind of stuff but then they're celebrating mm. and having moments and and I'm going to do this bit really fast because it's going to be like peeling off a plaster, but we're going to do it so fast because it has to happen. I wonder what you mean. Shep is there. <laughs> Carol sees Shep. She walks up to Shep. She says, hi, Shep. They have a little conversation. Some, we find out he's still at work. Uh, doesn't seem to have you know, gone and got any help. Mm. Uh, a woman comes over um, and is hanging with him and like they obviously they're together and carol feels a bit like oh okay that's not great it's not great to kind of see him with another person who've moved on she then turns away shep walks away for actually the last time we never have to Yay. see him. and then she goes Done. and talks to doug and um and so i'm gonna forgive this little shep moment because it does <laughs> it does kind of allow um for, for kind of carol and doug to have that little moment which i think is a kind of that spark of building you know the, yes. these two back up and he's very aware and he's very he's watching out for her and also it's like he's the one at the end of the day you know he's end game for her not you know chuckles yes back there. chuckles good word um i've got to point out so like he's got a new girlfriend mm. now the actual time elapsed between uh, the last episode of season two and this episode isn't very far, right? It's no. days. It's days. Yeah. Like, Carter has sorted out his locker. Um, 
Genie got results. a test. Genie's te- yeah. exactly. That's the one that I think is most telling. Genie got a test results, and he's already got this new girlfriend that he's bringing mm. with a, uh, bringing with him to this softball game. Mm. And I'm yeah. like, that was fast moving, right? Yeah. I think that's a you know look. We we love them all. We love you writers, but sometimes you're like, stop bringing so much attention to the fact that this is the new season. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you're going to do a yeah. follow-on, which they've obviously chosen to do a follow-on, Dr. Yeah. Carter, and, and as you said, Ed, stick to it. You know, whatever, the next episode, sure. You know, yeah. then yeah. you can pretend whatever, you know, a week, two weeks in. Yeah, but um, I actually, I don't know what the turnaround time is on uh, on test results back then. But no, yeah, I was, that was wondering like that, a couple of days, you know. Yeah. But even so, it's still a matter of weeks. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. Yeah. what two to three weeks, and he's already got this new squeeze. It's just it tells you everything about him. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's this brilliant line in Community which says, you know, bacteria move slower. There are some bacteria that move slower than, than you. <laughs> and that is how I feel about this moment. Oh, I love um, it. He's a bacteria. He is bacteria. You know, that's just how Shep coli or something. I don't know. <laughs> Nicely done, Ed. Thank love you. It. But he's gone now. That's it. He really has gone. We don't yeah, have to see or hear gone. from him ever again. So we can all be pleased with that moment. He's like tuberculosis. <laughs> he's <laughs> pretty much gone. We yeah, can still much. find him in some subtropical regions um, <laughs> and in areas of desperation and deprivation. But you know. actually, Ed, you're on fire tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, um, I just. So yeah, they talk about the softball game and yeah. there's and these amazing fireworks going off over the game. And there's poor old Carter still stuck still in the stuck hospital up. with a trauma, you know, elbow deep in some poor fellow's chest. I'm like, oh, Carter, you should be yeah. there. I yeah. know, I know. I just, I did really feel for him. Yeah. He just shouldn't have been lovely... the nurses. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it wasn't That's the true. nurses that kept him there. It was Benton. Was what did Benton. you do to Benton? All he said was, Benton, what about me? Yeah. Um, and then I, I just want to talk a little bit about Dr. Green and Dr. Weaver in this, because mm. we have, as we, I said, you know, Weaver from the very off is very much like, I've got all these plans, I'm going to put in all these meetings, and it's yeah. so against kind of how Dr. Green is. And we've seen Dr. Green be quite uh, lovely with Carter in this episode and, you know, be there for, for Doug. And then they're playing softball together and he's part of that team. Um, and then he has this moment which makes him the hero for me of this episode where basically Weaver annoys him because she's put in another set of supervision and on a Tuesday and it's similar time to when they're going to have this other meeting and all this crap and he just turns around to everybody says right let's put the board back to where it is and I just <laughs> thought yeah you are my hero <laughs> there's He's those little charge, things really, yeah. and yeah he pulled rank and it's those little things I think that that can really help definitely just quickly going back to the ball game, though, I just thought it was really cute when when the the fireworks went. And they were all just kind of up watching them, and 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 I just thought this is this uh, this is one of those really like Carol's wedding and other bits where they're all just kind of together, just having fun. And I just thought that that's that was a nice sweet moment. I really like also, that Jerry was there. Yeah, 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 and he looks like the way he's standing. Looks like he just gave them all a nice big bear hug. Oh, yeah. No. Mm. yeah, I bet a bear hug from him would be the best. Can you buy those over on Cameo? Is it just <laughs> messages? <laughs> is Abraham Ben Ruby on Cameo? He must I have be. no idea. I hope so. I know Glory Rubin is. Yeah, he should get yeah. on there and offer bear hugs. Yeah. Just saying. Okay, I'll, we'll have a word. <laughs> 
we'll get him out at a convention at some point. We'll get a queue going, and we'll take <laughs> yeah. we'll take the cash as well. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. There's some good lines in this episode, by the way. There's, uh, um, you know, and Halei keeps waking Carter up. And he says, yeah. and, he, and he says, which just doesn't help at all. He says, uh, oh, doesn't Amy get any sleep around here? And she says, I wouldn't know. No son allowed to sleep on shift, doctor. <laughs> because he's been he's been cracking the whip and saying, calling everybody nurse rather than Chuni, Halei, Lydia. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's been like so formal. Yeah. Um, but also there's obviously there's somebody called the doctor. You are the doctor. Um, and when they mention about um, when they're all teasing Doug about this lady, I think they mentioned this, her surname is Smith. And Carol says, most of the women you date can't even spell Smith. I'm like, yeah. oh, oh it, it's burn. that he says she went to Smith College. Oh, that's it. That's yeah, most that's people, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just Absolutely. really enjoy those, that, those two lines. Me too. Good on Carol. Yeah. And LA, obviously. Always, uh, we also find out that Susan is trying to go on holiday. She's barely in it, despite the fact she won. Yeah, yeah. she's a very small part in this episode. Yeah, um, she's picking holiday places and talking about Micronesia and Hawaii. Um, we find out that Mark spent time in Hawaii, um, and she's brain around. And it says, basically, we find out she's terrified of flying. <laughs> yeah, but she doesn't like, seem oh. bothered. She's like, okay, yeah, she's like, I'm, I'm going to go. go anywhere. I'm yeah, going to yeah. do it. I think she's like pretty much get drunk and just cope with it. I was like, yeah, sounds good. Sounds like every British person who ever gets on a plane. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> if were, as long as, long as you're not uh, rude to the airline staff, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'm an absolute delight to airline staff, and the first time I did that a, sounds a, really a, sarcastic, Ed. Just no, nice. it's true. I'm really. He nice calls them airline staff. Hello, <laughs> airline staff. <laughs> that's not. That's the least bad. Least bad. That's not the worst thing I call them. No, um, but I'm always like, like the first time I flew, I was like, "Can I have a beer?" And they were like, "Yeah." I was like, "Do I have to pay?" Because I was on a long haul flight, and I was like, oh, "Yeah." And I had, like two, three beers, and I couldn't sleep anyway. So, but yeah, I was just like, <laughs> "I can have whatever I want as long as I, I ask them for it." it was I wish they put it aside. I was the same. I was like, "Do do I ask?" Because uh, mm. I've only ever been on like, a there and back again long haul yeah. flight. Mm. I was like, "Can can I have a?" bottle of wine you know the little individual ones they do oh okay oh, yeah. Say, yeah. Of course. <laughs> bloody hell yes oh yeah like i really talked a bit yeah, yeah. and they were like hey would you like another one yes i would yes. <laughs> and kind of like counting in my head going oh god are they six euro a go or something yeah yeah and i just walked off the flight and i can never go back to klm airlines because i own a huge <laughs> drink spill yeah and they've got a thing up if you ever travel with them yeah, have yeah. you seen this man yeah, that's and the reason face. why, and we're sticking with that. <laughs> it's like a classic drunk picture, like one of your eyelids is half open, you slow, you know, you clearly look pie-eyed, there's drool coming out the side of your mouth. Yeah, I've used it for my pilot's picture. license. One of his best, <laughs> yeah. better pictures. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Um, I also noticed that Carter snores really easily, like, as soon as the light goes out, he starts snoring. I mean, how He's do you exhausted. feel about that, Sharon? He's exhausted, and it's fine. Okay. He's going to get surgery. <laughs> <laughs> He's well, if you are right he will get wow. surgery don't, don't think it's for the for oh, the, uh, for the snoring oh, he ran into my knife <laughs> he had it coming <laughs> he had it coming um, i would never kill carter how dare you insinuate no, such a thing of course not of course not um do you want to do some drugs yeah uh, I, I, it feels like we're on drugs already but yes let's yeah. do yes. some drugs i thought i'd go for the biggie um which is morphine Ooh, uh, we've yes. actually covered morphine so as you know it's an opiate so it's derived from the poppy plant 
all the stuff we know, it's, it is the uh, top shelf pain relief. Um, also, I thought I'd just tell you some, I think, are fun facts. Um, so there was an opium-based elixir has been ascribed to alchemists from Byzantine times. So we're talking, you know, the early centuries of AD. Mm. Um, mm. But the specific formula was lost during the Ottoman conquest of, uh, as was Constanti- Constantinople. Um, and then around 1522, Paracelsus made reference to an opium-based elixir that he called laudanum. There's a dif- different laudanum. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, and it was first discovered as a, an active alkaloid extracted from the opium poppy plant in December 1804 in Paderborn in Germany uh, by Friedrich Sertirner, uh, who was a pharmacist. And so he named it after Morpheus, the Greek god, as it tends to cause sleep, at least. But yeah, he, um, he experimented by administering it to himself. Three young boys, three dogs and a mouse. Um, all four people almost died. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. three young boys. Yeah, they had a rough time. Um, it was first marketed to general public in, uh, by Saturna and company in 1817. And also there was a treatment for opium and alcohol addiction. Hmm. By treatment, do you mean like a distraction? Yeah, just a new thing to to be addicted to. Not opium anymore, that's great. You're not addicted to booze anymore. Oh, you're addicted to morphine. Yeah, Um, oh well. Oh well. (laughs) It was first used as a poison in 1822 when uh, Dr. Edmi Castang of France was convicted of murdering a patient. (gasps) Uh, I know, it's... um, We've got to check the history of the old morphine. Um, Also, there's another one more fact. uh, In the 1850s, Alexander Wood, who is credited with... um, Invented the first true hypodermic syringe. Reportedly injected morphine into his wife Rebecca as an experiment. Just like she do. Hey, I love. So. I want to. Can I, I've got this experiment. Can I inject you with something? And just thinking, oh, you know, maybe it's saline. No, top shelf morphine. Oh my gosh. Uh, there is a myth that this killed her because of respiratory depression, which is a, a side effect of morphine. But she actually outlived her by ten years. Good. But, yeah. Be, um, sorry, that sounds grim. Uh, yeah. No. Good. <laughs> Yeah, so um, there's some facts on morphine for you. Well, there you go. That was there we go. Great. That and it is one of those really interesting because it's totally it's legal. It's a very well used, uh, well regulated drug, and yet, holy God, is it addictive? Yeah, Yeah. I love it. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just love the fact that, like they mentioned earlier, it was used to treat. Yes, it's from Wikipedia, listeners. Um, it was used to treat uh, opium and uh, alcohol addiction. Then later, it was found that morphine was more addictive than either alcohol or opium. <laughs> and its extensive use during the American Civil War, Civil War allegedly resulted in over 400,000 sufferers from the soldier's disease of morphine addiction. Um, yeah, so it sounds a bit... Mm, just blame on a soldier's disease, not the fact you gave them an incredibly powerful narcotic. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah that's it. Uh, demons. It was demons in their it shoes. Definitely demons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's responsible for so many things. Demons. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Definitely. Excellent. Okay. And we're calling it. Thanks for listening to our podcast about everything ER. Don't forget, you can find us on social media. So at you set the tone pod on Insta and set underscore pod on Twitter. Uh, don't forget to rate, subscribe, review. Just tell us how amazing we are. And remember, you set the tone. <laughs>